Eric. Lovely to have you Hello. back with us again. Give your fans a quick update with what you've been getting up to since we spoke last year. Now, I remember when we met last year, you mentioned you were considering re-editing some of the Milo series of books. So tell me, did you actually get round to doing that? Um, I did, yes. Um, what was meant to be a, a, a quick fix uh, turned out to be about six months of um, pretty hard work, actually. It started because the Varga file, which was the first of the Milo series, was always, in my estimation, a bit wordy. And because it was that sort of size of a book, it never published properly as a paperback. It uh, it always had a, the problem of the, the, the font being a bit too small. Um, and, and I never really liked it. And because of that, I never really promoted the books. Um, so I decided during the, the lockdown process that I would actually just try and edit down Varga to a size that it would look a bit better. The problem with that is once you start making changes, it never seems to stop. So... I would maybe take a character out and think, well, that story strand's not really necessary. But once you do that, the knock-on effect is that what that character did through the rest yeah. of the story is affected. So what started off is, uh, in my in my own head is, is a few minor changes actually developed into something that knocked on to the other two books, The Assassin File and The Election File. And I ended up having to pretty much re-edit all three of them, which in itself turned out, I think, to be quite a good good uh, end product because it, it 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 created a situation where the story flowed better now I think because it mm -hmm. was done pretty much one after the other um I was I was able to to change one of the story strands and make it a bit stronger um I think the end product not just in in the way it looks as a paperback now but as a story running through three three books I think it's better for the for the work that I did um, it, the whole pro process, if, if you like, of, of the Milo series has, has, has taken us now from a rewrite of the books, a change of the covers, and we've almost got a, a completely new product um, now that's that's been published. Um, the first three are out there already, and the fourth one, the Freiheit file, which will complete the series, uh, is just at the proofreading stage now um, and should be published, all being well, um, early next month. That's fantastic, Eric. So to give fans a taste of your Milo series, I'm now going to read an excerpt from the Varga file. Tuesday, 13th July, 1971. Milo offices, West Berlin. Maria stopped turning the pages of the book she'd been given. That's one of them, she then said, pointing at the photograph of a man at the top of one of the pages. Mike swung the book around and pointed at the photograph. This one, he said. Yes. Mike took the photograph from between the clear sheets in which it was trapped and read the name written on the back. Mayor Scheer might be Karl Heinz Aachen, though no proof of such meantime. We have his name as being Meyer Scheer. Does that ring a bell with you? Mike then inquired. I told you, I never got the names of any of them. I do remember him being a regular at the parties, though. I saw Sam speaking to him on more than one occasion. Excellent, said Mike. Anyone else you recognise? Maria began working her way through the remainder of the book. The only other photograph that she selected was of Siggy Troutman. However, with Troutman now dead, it didn't help as much as it might have done. It did point to the parties being meeting places for XSS, which would have been the perfect arrangement for keeping everyone up to date with free hike business at the same time. After they had finished with the photographs, Mike then asked Maria if Sam had ever given her anything, 
no matter how insignificant the gift might have been. She said he'd never given her anything. Mike then asked if Sam was at Maria's flat much. She confirmed that he had been. We made love there, Maria then said, a smile crossing her face as she remembered happier moments. And he never left anything at your flat, said Mike. Not that I'm aware of. Would I be able to go and have a look around? Mike inquired. Do you think Sam did leave something? Maria asked in reply. Even after the little I've learned about Sam, I'd still expect him to have kept some record of what he was doing, and yet we found nothing. Maria took a set of keys from her bag. Feel free to go and have a look. Just don't mess up the place, OK? Maria was smiling as Mike took the keys from her. He smiled back. She seemed to be relaxing a little in his company. Mike then asked one of the female staff to keep Maria company while he was away. He then met up with a colleague and set off for Maria's flat. Mike knew something was wrong as soon as they got there. The front door was slightly open, the lock having been forced. He carefully pushed the door open and waited to see if anyone reacted to his shout. There was nothing. He entered the hallway, his colleague close behind, and both men already feeling the surge of flight or fight adrenaline. Each room they visited had been trashed. Whoever had been there had been through the entire flat and emptied drawers, cabinets, wardrobes, the lot. The floors were strewn with papers, garments and assorted other items. The question springing to Mike's mind was, had they found anything of value? The next question which followed closely behind was, is it worth us now looking? Mike decided that it was. They took half the property each and checked everywhere they thought Sam might have seen as a safe hiding place. It had to have been somewhere that Maria was unlikely to go herself. He would not have wanted her to be aware that he was hiding something that could put her in danger. Mike stood back at one stage and thought things through once again. His eyes fell on the French windows that led out onto the balcony. The doors were still closed and locked. It seemed obvious that no one had been out there, certainly not recently. Mike had a quick look around for a key, but couldn't find one. He went into the hall and picked up the phone. He reconsidered using it almost immediately. There was every chance it would be bugged, possibly for some time. He shouted to his colleague that he'd be back as soon as possible and then hurried out the door. He walked a short distance to a cafe which was situated on a nearby corner. There was a phone at the back which he now asked to use. He flashed his identification card, which obviously looked official enough to gain the necessary permission from the cafe owner without them really looking at the content of the ID card. He phoned the office, spoke to Maria and then headed back to the flat, now armed with the knowledge of where the balcony key was kept. Within moments of arriving back at the flat, Mike was out on the balcony and approaching the pot in the corner. He lifted the plant out and checked underneath. Success! A small black book wrapped in a polythene bag was lying there. Mike picked it up and replaced the plant. He didn't pause to look closer at what he had found, but merely pushed it into his pocket and went back into the flat. He locked the doors behind him and put the key in his pocket beside the book. If others wanted to check the balcony now, then you'd have to work a lot harder for the privilege. Before leaving the flat, Mike took the time to pack a suitcase with items he knew Maria would need. A circuit of the property failed to come up with her passport or any other personal paperwork. Either she kept them somewhere else, or the previous visitors had removed them. They left the flat, pulling the door shut behind them. 
It wasn't locked, but at least looked secure. They crossed the road to their car and Mike got into the passenger seat, throwing the case onto the back seat. On the journey back to the office, Mike had already begun thinking of a way to get Maria out of West Germany. Somehow he needed to get her back to the UK where he felt they could protect her. Mike got back to the Milo offices and found a room where he could read through the contents of Sam's book. The less people who knew he had it, the better. Not that he had any reason to believe that amongst his colleagues lurked a spy. He took the bag from his pocket and then took the book out of the bag. He opened it with growing excitement at what might be inside. Unfortunately, it turned out not to be much. Only a few pages had writing on them. He began to read what was there. I am not a traitor. I'm sure many were beginning to think that I was. Please believe me, I'm not. If you would like to hear more of my chat with Eric, we will be releasing part two of this conversation in November as part of our Book Week Scotland programme. We hope to see you then. Bye for now.